God, we just come <clears throat> boldly before your throne in the name of Jesus. And we thank you for the word that will be taught this morning. Holy Spirit, I yield myself to you, spirit, soul, and body, and I thank you that you teach through me. That this word, this seed, fall on good ground, good soil, and it bring forth a mighty harvest. That we see things in the word today that we've never seen before. That we begin to decree and, and declare things that we haven't done before. that we hunger and thirst after righteousness. For as we hunger and thirst, we will be filled. And I just give you praise, glory, and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to read something I read this morning. The believer walking in fellowship with the Word will never ask for anything outside of the Father's will. So if you're walking in fellowship with the Word, you'll never ask for anything outside of the Father's will. That to me is so powerful. If you're in the Word and operating in the Word and walking in the Word and hungering, thirsting after the Word, you won't hunger and thirst or desire the things that the enemy has out there, the world has to offer. And so I'm going to teach, or the Lord is having me teach on courage today in Numbers 13, 20. If you're born again, You're more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. If you pray in the Holy Ghost, the Bible says the fire of God came upon you when you were baptized in the Holy Ghost. You were baptized in the Holy Ghost with fire. And you're to continue to pray in the Holy Ghost, building up your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. The Bible says, the spirit knoweth your infirmities and body frailties and mind weaknesses. So we must allow the spirit of God to pray through us to get rid of those things or to heal those things or to cause us to not operate in the things that would hold us back. If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, you may ask what you will and it shall be given unto you. Hallelujah. So courage, Numbers 13, 20. I notice more and more I'm asking people in this hour, are you praying in tongues? Are you praying in the Holy Ghost? A very well-known evangelist, Father, went home to be with the Lord recently and he made a statement before he died that those that are not praying in the Holy Ghost will not be able to make it to the end as God desires them to make it. So if you're not baptized in the Holy Ghost, come up and we'll pray for you. Some people think that this is foolishness. You have the word. Praying in the Holy Ghost when you pray. Because the Spirit knows what to pray. You don't. I mean, you get a prayer request. And you look at that prayer request. You don't 
we had one this morning that was sent to me. We don't know exactly what happened to this man. He was injured at work. He's, he's in a coma. But God knows exactly what it's going to take to get him out of that position. I don't. God does. So when I pray, I pray the scriptures. One of the first scriptures I pray over people is Psalms 107, 19, and 20. They cried unto the Lord. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from all destruction. You notice it said they cried unto the Lord. And he healed them and delivered them from all destruction. Praise God. That, that and a couple other are my favorite scriptures. So in Deuteronomy 13, 20, we see, we need to look at this a little bit. Moses, in verse 17, he chose and he said, choose these people. These were the top leaders of these tribes, okay, that he sent out to go into the promised land and to scout it out. And he says in verse um, six, uh, 17, Moses sent them to scout out the land of Canaan and said to them, go up this way by the south, the Negev, and go up unto, into the hill country and see what the land is, whether the people who dwell there are strong and weak, few or many, and whether the land they live in is good or bad, and whether the cities they dwell in and camps are strong and camps or strongholds. And where the land is, whether it is fat or lean, whether there is timber on it or not, and be of good courage. Be of good courage. And bring some of the fruit of the land. Now the, t now the time was the time of the first ripe grapes. So they went up and scouted through the land from the wilderness of Zin to Rehob to the entrance of Hamath. Now you notice they're in the whole land. They're scouting out. People are around them. No one comes near them. No one tries to fight them. No one tries to do anything to them. No one comes near them. And they went up into the south, the Negev, and came to Hebron. And I'm just going to not even go to these names. Probably three tribes of the sons of Anak were there. Hebron was built seven years before Zoan in Egypt. And they came to the valley of Eshkol and cut down from there a branch of one, with one cluster of grapes. And they carried it on a pole, two of them. They brought also some pomegranates and figs. So one cluster of grapes, now close your eyes and imagine this, was on a pole being carried by two men. The land was full, fruitful, as God had promised them. Remember the one thing Moses told them, be of good courage. Be courageous. Amen. The spies return, and they return from searching the land after 40 days. And they went and came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran and Kadesh and brought back word unto them and unto the congregation showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him and said, We came unto a land whither thou sendest, and surely it floweth with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled. And a very great, moreover, we saw the children of Achan there. 
the Achanites dwell in the land of the south and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast Jordan. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once. Let us go up at once. Not tomorrow, right now. And possess it. We, we are all well able to overcome it. But the men that went up with him said, We be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. If they were stronger with, uh, than them, 12 people, think of this, 12 men, and all these so-called giants that are stronger than them, never bothered them. And yet, then they go on to say, and we were in our, our and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. They certainly were assuming something here. How many times do we assume things? This thing is bigger than I can handle. This thing is bigger. So what they're saying here is God lied. God can't take care of it. These people are stronger than them, and yet they had no battle with them, and they, they had no idea. They just saw with their senses, their, their, one of their senses, their five physical senses, and believed the lie. I can just hear it now, whispering all the way back. We can't make it. There's no way. We may as well give up. We'll, we're just going to stay wandering around for 40 years. I can just think of this. And yet the one thing that Moses told them was to be courageous. And Caleb says, we can go up and take this country now. Let's go now. So in our minds, we all have an opportunity in a place where a circumstance and a situation comes and God has told us, be courageous, do not fear. I've not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind where we have this battle in our mind at what we see and try to, try to rationalize this thing. Are we going to go up and take it, or are we going to shrink back and lose our courage? We all, every day, come against something. Some thought, some word, some deed, some person, some whatever. What are you going to do? Just to shine forth in this hour as a Christian takes courage in many areas. Like I said this morning, everybody left but the 12 disciples, and one of them was going to become a traitor. So we really had 11 left. Let's put it really, you know. Jesus kept on. He had a mission. He didn't look at it. I'm sure that, that the enemy bombarded him with, where are all the people that were with you. Where are all the people that cared? Where were all the people that stood by you, that thought that, that you healed and that you set free? The families that came. One whole city came, and every person that had, had de disease and demons and whatever, they were all set free that day. Where were they all? Are we going to serve God or man? So the one thing he said in verse 20, let's look at this. Where the land is, whether it is fat or lean, whether there is timber or not, and be of good courage. Be of good courage. 
So God already knew exactly what they were going to find there. And he says, and bring back some fruit. Can you imagine if, if someone walked in this church today with two poles? It took two men to carry one, one. Thing of grapes hanging on it. How awesome. That's how God thinks. He's an awesome God. That's how he, th he thinks big. Okay. Deuteronomy 31, 16. I can just, you know, Pastor and I were talking the other night and um, about um, the church we were saved in and the sin that was in the camp. And um, I remember... I used to stand by my, the pastor's wife in choir. She and I became very close. And uh, she, she didn't get close to anybody. And I remember one time he said something th from the pulpit. And someone, you know, they took it as a dirty joke. You, you understand? Their minds were, instead of taking it at face value of what he said, they took it in a negative way and started laughing. And I, rem I remember her. Probably she was one of the most godly, holy people I'd ever met. And I remember she put her head down and she shook her head. And at that time, I didn't know that the board had a pornography ring going on in it. Shook her head and said, oh, the minds of these people. I can still remember it. I was a baby Christian. She just shook her head and said, the minds of these people. The minds of these people, the 12 spies that went into the promised land. Their minds were, they're too big. They're going to get us. They were not courageous. Hallelujah. Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 31.6. Be strong, courageous, and firm. Let's go up to verse 1. We're not in a big rush today. And I, you know, it doesn't bother me not to finish a sermon because I know it's going to get finished whenever. I'm more interested in what we are to learn out of it. Amen? So, we'll just put it aside. And, and Moses went on speaking the words to all Israel, and he said to them, I am 120 years old this day. I can no more go out and come in. And the Lord has said to me, you shall not go over this Jordan. The Lord your God will himself go before you, and he will destroy the nations from before you, and you shall dispossess them, and Joshua, Joshua shall go over before you, as the Lord has said. And the Lord will do to them as he did to Shehan and Og and the kings of the Amorites in their land when he destroyed them. And the Lord will give them over to you, and you will do to them according to all the commandments which I have commanded you. Be strong, courageous, and firm. Fear not, nor be in terror before them. In other words, he's saying to them, be strong, courageous, and firm, and never let them see any terror coming off of you. Don't ever, I'm going to tell you, if you ever deal with a demon, you stare it down, get their eye contact, and you stare it down, and you never, if, even if you're afraid, you, you never let them see any terror in you. I'm serious. He said, God will go before you. For it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not fail you or forsake you. If you're walking with God and he's walking with you, which he is, he will not fail you or forsake you unless you decide what I, we taught on the first sentence this morning. 
when you get there. The believer walking in fellowship with the word will never ask for anything outside the Father's will. If you know it's wrong, don't do it. Don't even ask. I mean, I've had people come to me and ask me, what do you think of this? What's the word say? That it's wrong. Then what's he telling you? It's wrong. You know, there's nothing that bugged me more than when my kids would come. Can I? Can I? Can I? Please? Please? Line was number one. That strife was two. And that. If I said no, I mean no. And if you say it again, you're getting a whipping. So just forget it. And don't go run into your father and try to pull that game because that will really upset me. Okay? So he goes. He says, Be firm, fear not, nor be in terror before them, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not fail you or forsake you. And Moses called to Joshua and said to him, In the sight of all Israel, Be strong, courageous, and firm, for you shall go with this people into the land the Lord has sworn to the fathers to give them, and you shall cause them to possess that. What, what a statement and what a burden that could be on one person. Seriously. When they've been around with the parents, saw the kids, went into the promised land, saw it, and saw how these people acted. I'm sure he was going to, wanting to say, well, whoopee. <laughs> to be honest, but he didn't. He was a godly man. I've said, well, whoopee before. Not in that way, but you've got to be kidding. Then the Lord, it is the Lord who goes before you. He will march, verse 8, with you. He will not fail you or let you go or forsake you, let there be no cowardice or flinching, but fear not, neither become broken in spirit, depressed, dismayed, or unnerved with alarm. Now, I know I'm reading out of the Amplified, so I'm going to give these again so we understand what God is expecting to us, of us as we are marching through this land. This is not, this is not my home. My home is going to be in heaven. I am just a sojourner marching through this land doing the will of God. And every year you get a little older and you think, God, you still want me to do this? Yep. Okay. Let there be no cowardice or flinching, but fear not, neither become broken in spirit, depressed, dismayed, or unnerved with alarm. Please underline that. Study it. You will need it. You're going to need it. And Moses wrote the law and delivered it to the Le Le Levitical priest who, and carried the Ark of the Covenant. Who carried the Ark of the Covenant? Of the Lord and the elect. And Moses commanded them at the end of every seven years, set a time of the year, released, release. In other words, it was the, release the debtors. He's saying here, this is what he's saying. Well, I may as well read it. Um, At the end of the year, seven years at the time of the year, release of debtors from their debts at the Feast of the Booth. Boy, they should do that for us every seven years. Seven years, your house is paid. Great. Hallelujah. Seven years, your car's paid. Seven years, this is paid. Seven years, there's no debt. You have no debt at all. Something's wrong here, folks, okay? <laughs> when all Israel comes to appear before the Lord your God in the place in which you choose for his sanctuary, you shall read this law before all Israel in their hearing. Assemble the people, men and women, and the stranger and the sojourner within your towns, that they may hear and learn reverently to fear the Lord your God and be watchful and do the words of this law. In other words, 
this is what I what the Lord has said. Do it. Just do it. <laughs> and that what we expect out of our children. I said it. Just do it. I feed you. I clothe you. I give you a place to sleep. I take care of you. This is what I've asked you to do. Just do it. Isn't that what we say to our kids? I love you. You don't run around naked. You've got everything you need. I'll take care of you. Just do it. Well, that's how the father is too. He puts his spirit in godly men so they will train up their children as he did. He puts spiritual parents in your lives to teach you and train you up. Just if they're teaching the word of God correctly, which I believe we are, just do it. Okay. God had a long talk with me this morning on this one. Okay. On who we are and what we're to do and to do it to the end and just do it. Okay. Then he goes on to say, and that, and he goes on to say, do the words of the law and that their children who have not known it may hear and learn reverently to fear the Lord your God as long as you live in the land which you, which you go over Jordan to possess. And the Lord said to Moses, verse 14, Behold, your days are nearing when you must die. Call Joshua and present yourselves at the tent of meeting that I may give him his charge. So he's telling Moses, you're going to die. Get Joshua, bring him to the tent. You two come together. I'm going to charge him with what he is going to be doing. And Moses and Joshua went and presented themselves at the tent of meeting. And the Lord appeared at the tent in a pillar of cloud. And the pillar of cloud stood over the door of the tent. And the Lord said to Moses, Behold, you have slept with your fathers and this people will rise up and play the harlot with strange gods and of the land where they go to be among them. And they will forsake me and break my covenant, which I have made of them. Then my anger will be kindled against them in that day. And I will forsake them and hide my, my face from them. And they will be devoured. Many evils and troubles shall befall them. So that they will say in that day, have not these evils come upon us because our God is not among us. And I will surely hide my face in that day because of all the evil which they have done in turning to other gods. Well, I'm sure Joshua sat there and went, oh boy. Is this, this is human nature, folks. I want you to know this. Okay. The human part of us, the part that's not our spiritual side of us, the old dead person wants to rise up, you know, come up, tries to come up, and you have to slap it down. I mean, you know about that, right? We all know about all that. And he goes on to say, where did I stop? Dear, are you over there? Wait a wait. <laughs> Anybody know where I stopped? If you don't know where I stopped, then we may as well give it up today. Thank you, Lisa. 16? 19. Okay. And now write this song for yourselves and teach it to the Israelites and put it in their mouths, and this song may be a witness to me against the Israelites. For when I have brought them into the land, which I swore their fathers of milk and flowing with milk and honey, and they have eaten and filled themselves and become fat, that they will turn to other gods and serve them and despise and scorn me and break my covenant. And when many evils and troubles have befallen them and, and the sacred song will conf this sacred song will confront them as a witness and it will, be and it will never be forgotten from their mouths and their descendants, for I know their strong desire and the purpose which they have forming even now before I have brought them into the land which I swore to give them. Roses wrote, Moses wrote this song the same day and taught it to the Israelites. 
And the Lord charged Joshua, the son of Nun, be strong, courageous, and firm. For, we, for you shall bring the Israelites into the land, which I swore to give them, and I will be with you. And when Moses had finished writing the words of the law of the book to the very end, he commanded the Levites who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, take this book of the law and put it, put it by the side of the Ark of the Covenant of your, the Lord your God, that it may be there for a witness against you. For I know your rebellion and stubbornness. Behold, while I am yet alive and with you, you have been rebellious against the Lord, and how much more after my death. I'm thinking Joshua's probably sitting here going, Great. <laughs> I mean, I'm, you know, he's only human. Let's face it. Gather to me all the elders of your tribes and call officers that I may speak these words in their ears and call heaven and earth to witness against them. For I know that after my death you will utterly corrupt yourselves and turn aside from the way which I have commanded you and evil will befall you in the latter days because you will do what is evil in the sight of the Lord and provoke him to anger through the work of your hands. And Moses spoke in the hearing of the congregation of Israel, the words of the song that they, the song until they were ended. But what did he tell Joshua? What is he telling the people of God today that have made up their minds and their decision that they are going to follow God no matter who falls, no matter who does what. For me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. No matter what, even if you're the last person that you know that's serving God, you're going to do what? Let's go back and see what he told him to do. Be strong, courageous, and firm. Things are going to get worse. They're not going to get better, folks. I'm here to tell you, the world is, is getting worse. We are getting stronger. Those that know the word are getting stronger. You are able to fight anything, but you've got to stay in the word. And the enemy will try to come at some of you. And he will try to get you to think and believe a lie. Always go back to the word. You notice they had this song. They had these words that were spoken to them. Thank God we have the word of God. We have the New Testament. We've got the old and the new and they come together. Okay. God doesn't change. He says, I am not a, God is not a man that he will change. He does not change. He's not, he doesn't lie and he doesn't change. Okay. Most people lie and they change, but God doesn't. Okay. Joshua 16. Now we get to look at Joshua. You know, Moses died. God buried him. Joshua's, now here we go. Joshua's it. You're it. I'm sorry, 1-6. I apologize. My typer did not type my, my things. <laughs> my typer got to rest yesterday. Praise God. Okay, 1-6. Here we go. Here's... here's the Lord talking to Joshua in chapter and 1, 5. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Here he comes. Be strong, confident, and of good courage. For you shall cause this people to inherit the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may do according to the law of Moses, my servant commanded you, turn not from it, from the right or the left, or to, from the right or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. So he's telling Joshua, you're the leader. Stand looking straight ahead. 
Don't even let it bother you what they do. You do what I told you to do, and I will cause them to inherit the land. Okay? The book of the law or the word shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. How often? Day and night. You'd be surprised, church, how many people that I get calls from or pastors' wives that I get calls from and they say things are going screwy in our church. I said, are you asking them, are they in the word or do they pray in tongues or are they reading the, reading the Bible or are they praying? Are, what, what's going on here? Most of them have quit praying like they used to. I mean, if you're, if you're praying less than you did a year ago, and if you're reading your word less than you did a year ago, you are backsliding. You can all sit there and say, I love you. If you're not, if you're less than you were, then you're going backwards instead of forwards. Am I correct? Okay, we all got this clear. I would rather he be up. You want to take one? Thanks. He's over here going, Phew, thank God I'm not it. Okay, it's the truth. I, have to, I check my life out every day because I'm afraid. No, because I do not want to hurt God Almighty in this hour by falling backwards. I'm not afraid. I have the fear of God, but I'm not afraid of God. I have an awesome reverence for him. And instead of pulling away, I am drawing closer. We need to be drawing closer. Closer. So he says to him, you will have, your will will be prosperous and you will... Deal wisely. Deal wisely is a big thing in this hour. How many know that? There's so many nuts out there that don't know how to deal wisely. God has set you apart to deal wisely in every circumstance and situation that you come into. He says, I have placed my word before you. I have given you my word so you can deal wisely. So let's look at these three things that was promised to Joshua, and you say, you teach on this a lot. Yeah, I do. Because I want my way to be a good success. Okay? So he says, the, the word shall not depart out of your mouth. You shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe and do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous. So you're going to make your own way prosperous. Like today when I prayed over the tithes, the Lord told me to bless those tithes, to put a blessing upon that money because of what the word says about that money that you give. Amen? But he says you'll be prosperous, then you'll deal wisely and have good success. Well, in this hour, dealing wisely is one of the greatest needs that a Christian has. How many realize that? Because all these voices are out there going, and we need to know what the Word of God says and operate in it and deal wisely. And when you're at work, you're going to come across situations that no one else is going to know how to, how to fix but you. Remember Joseph? Because of his godly behavior and his love for God, he was brought out, pulled out, and put in a position of authority. All right? You know, people listen to the news and they believe what they hear. Because people listen to the news and they believe what they heard. How many years ago? We're in the stinking mess we're in right now, and I'm not going to go into it, but they believed a lie. They believed one person's lie. Ah, 
Then he goes on, have I not commanded you, be strong, vigorous, very courageous, be not afraid, neither be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. How many remember what dismayed means? I'm doing this because the Lord told me to do this, to go over this again. I know you've heard it many, many times, but he wants you to get this today and get it good. Put your thinkers on right here and open your ears. And I will open mine too. Many times if I've taught on this and read this and quoted this, you would think that I would be able to tell you what it means, right? Well, after today, I believe I will be able to. Dismayed. Does anyone, anyone want to give it a try out there? Looking. Okay. Okay. You got to remember, Joshua had heard about what these people were going to do. Moses told them they went in before God, and God said, "Remember, right? Am I correct?" So he already knew what was going to happen down the line. You know, it's easier if you don't know what's going to happen. Sometimes, and it just slaps you, and then you're like, oh, "Okay." So. He had, to, he had to remember what God said. Do it. I'm going to do this. These people are going to act like jerks someday down the line, but you're going to keep going straight forward. Dismayed. You don't think that the enemy was on this guy all the time, trying to get him to give up? You'd be shocked how many pastors are just saying, forget it nowadays. They just are like, I can't do it anymore. Getting too old. Can't deal with it. People are leaving. They're getting in sin. Dismay. Ready? <sighs> to make afraid or discourage at the prospect of trouble or danger. At the prospect of it. It hasn't happened. At the prospect of it. Or danger. Fill with apprehension or alarm. Daunt. A loss of courage or confidence at the prospect of trouble or danger. Dismay, dismay suggests Fear, especially in modern usage, discouragement at the prospect of some difficulty or problem which does not, which does not quite know how to resolve. I was dismayed at a lack of understanding. Well, we don't have to be because we have the word. Okay? So it is... To make afraid or discourage at the prospect of trouble or danger, fill with apprehension or alarm, a loss of courage or confidence at the prospect of trouble or danger. Help. Okay, so here he's telling him, have courage. Don't become dismayed. Even if trouble looks like it's around you, do not become dismayed. How many know, how many have trouble that looks like it's around you? It's going to happen. Somebody tells you something's going to happen or whatever. It's going to happen. You get an evil report, you come to, you know, when an evil report comes, this is what the devil does. 
you know, it says cast down imaginations and reasonings. Well, when an evil report comes, you start thinking, or what, or the enemy tries to get your mind to start thinking the very worst thing, the worst case scenario that could happen. If you're in school, it would, you're going to get an F. If you're at work, you're going to lose your job, or you're going to, you're going to mess up, or whatever. Okay. He tries to make a mountain out of this thing to get you to see the operation of how this thing is going to fail. But that's not what God says. Okay? That is not how God works. That is how the enemy works. So the minute you get this thought, the minute you see something with your Five physical senses, smell, hear, taste, touch, feel, see, some is in there somewhere. The minute you get one of those, you have got to stop, pull back, get the word of God on it, and stick it on it. And hold it to it. If you have ever been in a hurricane or a hurricane warning, everybody, well, they used, now they get in closets, but they used to get in the bathtub. And I could never figure that out. Who's going to get in the top? The fattest ones? So, if, so they're going to keep everybody else down? Forgive me, anybody <laughs> that's hearing this outside. Um, I mean, I could never, I mean, who, who, who is going to get in there? And then you need to know which way it's coming from so you can open certain doors and whatever. And I thought, oh, brother. But I have to be very honest with you because I'd never been in anything like that. We have earthquakes. They don't, I'm not afraid of earthquakes, but you don't know where they're coming. But they go, this is how it goes. Tulsa County for the next 24 hours is in a tornado watch. You are to keep your... TV or whatever on so you will know and if you hear the sirens then you need to go but they only only out of all the houses we looked at there was one that had one of those cellars and I wouldn't get in a creepy cellar anyway if you paid me <laughs> so they have to deal with this all the time we have some friends that just moved there the thing went right over two of their houses went right over their house they were in the in the closet all of them as it went over their house and people were praying from here we're praying for them okay so that is you're hearing that this thing could possibly come and you become dismayed I'll never forget the first time pastor and I went to Hawaii we believe we believed in the money we're in Hawaii we take this we were on Oahu we take this drive out there out out way out and I looked at pastor and I said hmm this looks really weird out here kind of look like tornado weather to be honest really weird out here and so I turned on the now listen to this this really I turned on the radio the Christian channel and this is what they were saying God has is cursing Hawaii I'm like great <laughs> the Christians here believe that God's putting a curse and this is the largest hurricane expected to ever hit the islands. You are to go because you cannot get off the island. <laughs> you are to go fill up your bathtubs, get Clorox and put them in it. I'm thinking this is the Christian station. Put them in it and prepare and we get into Oahu and a pastor will vow, vow witness to this they had boards boarding up the windows of all the businesses am I correct downtown Oahu and I'm like you gotta be kidding the Christians are thinking that God is bringing a, a curse upon this island that we're sitting on not while I'm here Number one, God loves the Hawaiian people and he's not going to curse them. And so he and I prayed. I called home and told them to pray because I knew the people there aren't praying right. And so we prayed and I wish we would have kept that paper, but because they, they couldn't understand it. 
They said it was like two hands were, were holding that storm out to sea. Yet the Christians there were praying that God was going to bring this curse upon the people to um, cause them to stop sinning. And I'm thinking, you people need to go out and get them saved. What are you doing? So here's Joshua, and he's put in one of those situations, or he knows he's going to be put in this situation, and God's telling him, do not become afraid. Don't go to your hotel and fill your bathtub and put Clorox in it. Don't buy extra water. Okay? Trust me. God tells you to buy extra water, buy it. But trust me. Okay? Y'all get what I'm saying? How? Golly, I could have wanted to just get in a plane and get off the island if I would have listened to what the Christians were saying. Honest. So you can't count on all the Christians to stand behind you if you might be the only one that's standing there saying, this is what the Word of God says, and we need to do it. Amen? Let's move to another one. 1025 of Joshua. I hope you're getting some out of this today. Because I'm only on my third scripture. Fourth now. This is what he's saying, church. We're a mighty army. We have the word of God. We're to, we're to gird ourselves up. In other words, put your big guns on, which is the word of God, and get ready. You get ready to, if the enemy comes to attack, you are to attack him with the word. Remember David? Everybody's afraid. They were all out there afraid of the big Philistine giant. And he came in and all he did was bring his brothers their lunch. He came in and said, what is this? He goes out, grabs three, a bunch of stones, stick them, sticks them in his thing, has his slingshot, and goes out there, tells this giant, I'm paraphrasing this. My kids used to love it when I'd tell them Bible stories. He gets out there. The king puts his armor on him, and David wasn't real big, and it didn't fit, and he couldn't even move with it. You know, like, get it off of me. I have my slingshot. I've got the rocks I need. I got the power of God behind me. I got the word of God behind me. I will speak the word of God, and this, this, this stone is going to kill that giant because God's power is in this stone, and he's going to die. And I'm going to cut his head off, and all the other ones ran away. That's God's way of doing things, church. Okay? Okay, 10. 25. Joshua said to them, Fear not, be not dismayed, be strong and of good courage, for thus shall the Lord do to all your enemies against whom you fight. You can just read the whole story yourself. After Joshua smote and slew them and hanged their bodies on five trees, and they hung on the trees until evening at sunset, Joshua ordered, and they took the bodies down from the trees and cast them in the cave where the kings had hidden and laid great stones on the cave's mouth, which remained to that day. So that's, this is the account, and I'd love to be able to do it when the sun stood still. Read it this week. The sun stood still. You need to read this this week, okay? Have you read this yet? I'm talking to you, Jimmy. Have you read this yet? So I want you to read Joshua this week and tell me, Joshua 10, tell me what you think about it. Okay? All of it. <laughs> Lucky Jimmy today. 23.6. Never do you hear him say, 
oh dear God, why did you get me into this? <laughs> or the why me, Lord? What did I ever do? That used to be my song the first three years when we came here. <laughs> I quit singing it. It's like 23.6 was against the word. So, let's look, at, let's look at one and then we're out of here. A long time after that, when the Lord had, verse 1, had given Israel rest from all the enemies round and about, and Joshua had grown on and advanced in years, Joshua summoned all of Israel, their elders, heads, judges, officers, and said to them, I am old and advanced in years. There's days, church. And you have seen all that the Lord your God has done, all these nations for your sake. For it is the Lord your God who has fought for you. It is the Lord your God who is fighting for you. I'm going to say, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It is the Lord your God who's fighting for you. Behold, I have allotted to you an inheritance for your tribes, these, those nations that remain, and all the nations I have cut off from the Jordan and the great sea of the west. The Lord your God will thrust them out from before you and drive them out of your sight, and you shall possess the land as the Lord your God promised you. So be very courageous. Be very courageous. Be very courageous. Because if you don't, if you don't, because he already knew. He knew what to tell them. He knew what they were going to need to do. And notice it's the same thing God said all along. Be very courageous and steadfast. Just keep doing, that all, to doing all that is written in the book of the law of Moses, turning not aside from it to the right hand or to the left. And here it comes. That you may not mix with these nations that remain among you or make mention of their names or of their gods. Don't even mention the names of their gods. Or swear by them or serve them or bow down to them, but cling to the Lord your God as you have done to this day. He's telling us this morning, church, cling to the Lord your God. Cling to God. Cling to the word. One man of you shall put to fight a thousand, for it is the Lord your God who fights for you as he promised you. Be very watchful of yourselves, therefore, to love the Lord your God. For if you turn back and adhere to the remnant of these, na these nations left among you and make marriages with them, you marrying their women and they yours, know with certainty, certainty that the Lord your God will not continue to drive these nations from you but they shall be a snare and trap to you and scourge in, in your sides and thorns in your eyes until you perish from off this good land which the Lord your God has given you. And they did not do what he told them and exactly what he said that would happen to them if they turned away happened. Church, I'm going to tell you today, this is what God is saying to us. Cleave. Hang on to God. Do not become discouraged. Do not become dismayed. Press in to God with everything you have. Together as families and by yourself. Don't turn. You know, I've heard people tell me, well, we're in the it, well, first it was the 80s, now it's in the 90s, now it's in the, two, the 
2020s, whatever, whatever you want to. Well, it's the sign, it's the way the times are, so it's okay to do it. No, it's not. It is not okay to do it. It's not. So we'll go back to the very first thing. <laughs> I gotta put my mark. Here's my mark. Let's look at what Joshua tells them. Be very watchful of yourselves, therefore to love the Lord your God. For if you turn back and adhere to the remnant of these nations, he goes on to say, But I want to go back to Joshua 1. I didn't get in the New Testament yet. But the word of the Lord, the book of the Lord, or the law of the Lord shall not depart out of your mouth, for you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then you will, deal, you will make your way prosperous, and then you will deal wisely and have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong, vigorous, very courageous. Be not afraid, neither be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I will tell you, there are all kinds of voices out there with all kinds of ideas that don't line up with what the Word of God says. If it's in the world... It does not line up with what, it might sound good. It might sound real good. But if it doesn't line up with God's ways, then it's come to kill, steal, and destroy you. If you start thinking the way the world thinks, you'll start speaking the way the world thinks. And then you'll start doing the way the world does. So his word to us today is, turn not to the left or to the right, but look straight on. Proverbs 4.20, then we're out. Sorry, I didn't know he was going to go here. He kept saying it to me, but I kept thinking that was going to be the way with getting not doing this today, but we'll go there. Just eat it. It's spinach. It's good for you. My son, verse 20 Oh, let's look at 19. This is good. That's 18. But the path of the uncompromisingly just and righteous is like that of a light dawn that shines more and more brighter and clearer until it reaches its full strength and glory in the perfect day to be prepared. That's us. See, that's me. But the way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know over what they stumble. All of a sudden, it's like this cloud comes over them. They start doing things they would never have done. It's shocking to you to see it. If you know anybody, talk to them. If you, you know, but you continue forward. My son, attend to my words, consent and submit to my sayings. Let them not depart from your sight. Keep them in the center of your heart for their life to those that find them, health and healing to all their flesh. Keep and guard your heart with all vigilance and above all that you guard, for out of it flows the springs of life. So keep and guard your heart. Put away from you false and dishonest speech and willful and contrary talk. Put far from you. False and dishonest, dishonest speech. It says here, um, put away from you a forward mouth. That's anything that's not faith. Okay? Let your eyes look right on with fixed purpose and let your gaze be straight before you. Consider well the path of your feet and let all your ways be established in order to write. Father, 
I pray for each one of us, myself included. I'm asking you, Lord, to guide, guard, and protect these people, these children, your sheep, pastor and myself, our families, everything that concerns us. We've learned today, as long as we'll do what your word says, we will stay in perfect fellowship with you and you will protect us, you will guide us, you will direct us, you will teach us, you will give us wisdom and knowledge and understanding. And we will be very courageous. For you've not given any of us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. And greater are you that's in us than he that's in the world. And we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. And so, God, we thank you that as we go forth this week, that there are things in this sermon that each one of us will remember and will hang on to. We will hang on to you, God, with everything we have. No matter what, no matter who, no matter what goes on, we will serve you. Now, with our heads bowed, if there's anyone here that does not know Jesus, and you need to make him Lord and Savior of your life if you would like to raise your hand. You have to be born again to enter the kingdom of heaven. If you are backslidden and you're not serving God the way you need to or that you once did and you want to say, I want to rededicate my life to God today and start anew, if that's you, raise your hand. Well, I take it then we're all just fine. Praise the Lord. So if Jesus comes tonight or when we get in our cars, we're out of here and we're fine. So be blessed. God bless you. See you Wednesday night. Go forth. I hope this gave you great joy and encouragement today because it certainly did me. And I, just, I don't know how many times I've read it. Not all of it. Arlene, you took good notes, I pray. You didn't? <laughs> I want a tape of it for me. Okay. I've already prayed. Go fellowship.